Hi there and good day. Welcome to North Bay's Heritage Diary. Listen up, we shall weave for you tales of days and times gone by, which can inform today and show the way to tomorrow. This Municipal Heritage Committee podcast looks at our town, our people, and our stories. This time we open our diary of voices from the past for a conversation with the late World War II veteran, city politician, and businessman, Don King. This was originally recorded in 1999 as part of the Cochico Cable series, Life Is. In part two, King talks politics, the waterfront, the people of the city. Please excuse any dated references. Politics in Whittefield in 1960, when you decided to, to throw your hat in the ring for the first time. Well, actually, uh, Peter, it was 1959. I threw my hat in the first time I was defeated. You were? Oh, okay. And uh, That didn't discourage you, eh? Obviously. <laughs> well, being the new uh, guy on the block, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I figured uh, I didn't have any experience, but that taught me. Uh, at that point, they appointed me, the council did, as weed inspector. I think that was to discourage me, <laughs> but, <laughs> 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 but it made me all the more uh, anxious to... Uh, to um, proceed, and uh, what I did is, uh, the first thing I did was uh, force the city into buying a weed spraying machine. And under legislation, I could uh, take them to court, even though they had appointed me. They, uh, we did, we got a weed, uh, uh, weed spraying machine and a 45-gallon drum of uh, weed sprayer, and uh, in fact, the township still owned it when uh, amalgamation came into view. Right. Did you... Um you went ahead and did that, and you said you either get it or you're going to have that's some right. problems, even though you knew you were going to be running again. That's right. Well, that's, that's the way things are. You, you get things you done. You get things it? done that way, and uh, I was a little bit more cocky in those days than I am today. <laughs> what was Whittefield like in, in, in the 60s? Well, in the 60s, Whittefield didn't have too much. There was no sewer. Uh, Majority places were on pumps uh, for water. Yeah. There was no water mains. And actually what started me was gap construction in those days, not the existing gap construction, but it was just in its uh, uh, primary days and the first contracts that they had, and they had a contract out in front of my house on Janus Street. And uh, they had such a mess. I said, boy, oh boy, I can't put up with this. So I ran for council. And uh, I, I, the second time I ran, I got uh, in the number two spot, mm -hmm. and I became chairman of public works, not knowing too much about it, and uh, we went from there. Over the years, um, and the various positions you've held in uh, at Whittefield and in uh, in North Bay, you must have you, you've you've chaired and been a member of a lot of different committees and different organizations. When you retired from politics, did you? figure you had a pretty good handle on on things like that uh, yeah I did I, I, I took time like I used to on those days uh, it was three hundred dollars a year this is what uh, he got as a an, uh, an alderman in uh -huh. the township I think the uh, Reed got something like six hundred thousand something and uh, but I used to go out and drive around the road look at all uh, the different problems out in the back bushes and where the roads had to be rebuilt and mm -hmm. at my own expense uh, mm -hmm. uh, there was no, no gratuity he just uh, did it uh, because that you were interested in it did you continue to do that sort of thing when you were on north bay council yes yes we did uh, 
I used to go out when Morley Dater was the uh, engineer. I used to go out to here with on different projects and look at them and see what was cooking, and it, uh, it gives you an education. What reaction did you get from the administration when you did things? Well, I, I, I found that, uh, I don't know what it's like today, but I got along well with the administration, both in Whitfield and in uh, the city, and I still get along well with the, the people that are still there. Uh, I doubt if I ever had a fight with any one of them. Uh, I've asked some strange questions sometimes. Yes, yes. Uh, and basically, I got reasonable answers. Mm -hmm. So it went well. Okay, uh, after amalgamation, a whole new ball game. How long did it take before that really started to work? Before the old, the old divisions were gone? Well, the first year in 1968, I ran for mayor's position. There were eight people ran for mayor that year. And uh, uh, Merle Dickerson, he beat me by something like 50 votes. And uh, there was uh, a doctor ran and a hotel owner and, oh, well, uh, you, I can't remember all the names, right. but. W and on that one, on the first year, it was, oh, there was, I guess maybe a click between the city and and the um, Township of West Ferris. Whitfield was sort of on the outs at the start. Right. I think basically because we started the ball rolling and the bringing it together and uh, there were certain conditions that were affected and the, uh, the official plans that, that had been in place, uh, one took precedent over the other, okay. uh, that type of thing. And uh, of course, uh, this is where the conflicts uh, started. But eventually it took two or three years and things started to mellow in and some people resigned from the different positions, uh, like the uh, Eric Bryant, which was the uh, township clerk. He came in, he was too icy or something in the city, and he quit, and that, that eliminated and right. got rid of the, he wasn't forced out, he, he just uh, decided to retire from it. And there was some other people, I can't remember all the names, but they gradually it boiled down right. And, right. and the administrations more or less got cut back to uh, the proper place. But uh, the rulings of the municipal board was, that these people had to be integrated. Okay. And okay. that that's where it may have caused some problems. Um, maybe some people noticed it more than I. Were, were you fairly satisfied with the way it worked? Yeah, I think it was the only thing that could have could happen. Actually, the town, the city had uh, some idea about uh, taking over our industrial area in itself as a right. an annexation yes. of a part of the township, and when they started into that, uh, it made me think, well, hey, look, without that, we've got nothing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I talked my council into uh, making the application for amalgamating the city to the, to the township. And uh, in that way, I knew the board, or I suspected the board wouldn't permit that, so they brought it in in the manner in which it eventually did. Were you, f were you fairly good over the years at persuading people to your points of view on council? I'd like to think I was able to on a, on a good number of them. Yeah. Did you actually, for example, would you sort of 
lobby your fellow councillors on a, on a matter, or, or would you just yes. do that in open council? No, I, well, I do it in open council, but uh, uh, sometimes, depending on what the issue was, mm -hmm. there's some issues that you couldn't lobby on. Um, an old favorite was Northgate. That was yes. pretty hard. That was yeah. cut and dried, and it was all settled. But basically, you can... You, well, I'd, I'd spend... Oh, maybe three or four times a week up at the city hall. Mm -hmm. So I knew what the workings were going on, mm -hmm. understood what was taking place. That's on top of the meetings. I go in in the morning, go in the afternoon, or uh, what have you. And it, it's I, I found it worked that way. I had to have a hands-on type uh, uh, knowledge to be yes. able to. Did you? Um, you said. The North Gate was cut and dry. Did you mean by that that everybody minds made up well in advance? Yeah, pr pretty well. Uh, the, I think it was the 80 or 81 uh, election year. They called it the slate. Yes. Uh, that slate came in after we had been it had been on the floor for a couple of years on council. And unfortunately, and I still say unfortunately, what happened was bad for the city. Uh, had had Northgate gone ahead, we would have had an, a Simpson Sears and an Eaton store here in North Bay. That was all cut and dried. It was agreed upon. Uh, we had the vice presidents of both companies come to council and told us that they'd signed the agreement, that it was all wrapped up. Where? At Northgate? At Northgate. And had we had that, you wouldn't have the people going to Sudbury to shop today that yeah. are. Why did, they fall, why did that not happen? mainly because of downtown business people, and I think they were wrong. I still think they were wrong. That's only my yep, opinion. Sure. And uh, they, they, they did themselves a disservice by fighting it, because had Northgate gotten the Simpson Sears and Eaton store, top-line stores, and had, they, had that happened here, you would have had a, a spin-off, and you would have had people coming from Pembroke, uh, Huntsville South, uh, all the way, instead of people going to Sudbury, mm -hmm. Sud Mm -hmm. Sudbury people would have been coming to North Bay. Sudbury's got the Eatons, and yeah. Sudbury's got the Simpson Sears. Now we've we've hoped to get a Sears here. So you're it's not going to get one. You don't think so? When they they told us right in the council meeting, that was in 1982, that if this thing didn't come, don't expect them to be here for another at least 15 to 20 years. Okay, Northgate. You you have mixed feelings about the nor whole Northgate thing, didn't you? Because uh, yeah, I I I felt I was right. Yeah. I still think I was right. Yeah. Um, Although it didn't happen, uh, I think the city was a loser. Uh, it would have created jobs with the, with the type of uh, Eaton's and Sears are, are two good yeah. employers. Yeah. Um, North North Bay would have grown. It stayed at fifty five thousand population or fifty six for how many years now? Mm -hmm. Ten, fifteen. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm since the Northgate issue, and uh, we, haven't, we haven't progressed. You look at the official plan prior to Northgate, and at this point there was supposed to be about approximately 115,000 population in North Bay. Yeah. The waterfront was something that, that you got yourself involved with very much, so you I sat see. down with a government official and, and, and over your kitchen table, sort of thing. Well, that, that was the CPR, Marathon Realty. Marathon Realty. That was one of the major first steps, right? That you had to. That was the, the the first step on on the waterfront. 
were draft plans, or not draft plans, but plans drawn up in 1921. That was the year I was born. And uh, they drew the, the plan. I, I don't recall who it was, but it was for the waterfront northwest of the dock. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did the development southeast of the dock. So I had uh, Bill Davis down there at one particular point, told him what I would like to see happen because I was just speaking as one member of council. The council hadn't agreed to anything at this point. And uh, he came up with $10 million for the city of North Bay. Uh, and it was all done. Uh, the, the, the bills were not paid by the city. They were paid by the province. And Jack Garland, not Jack Garland, um, let's see, last liberal. Dick Smith? No, federal. J.J. Blay? J.J. Blay, who was a real good person for the city. He did the, uh, we're opposite politics, but he was sure good for, for North Bay. He arranged to have all the stone that goes along the shore and makes a harbor there for mm -hmm. the boats now declared a surplus up at the Sage site. Uh, he made the arrangements with a trucking firm from down south around Barry, I believe it was. And they hauled all the rock from the Sage site, put it out on the dock. It was done through the small craft harbor people out of Burlington that controlled it. They paid them direct. The city didn't do any of the paying at all. The only thing that we had to do after we bought the property from the CPR, the lakefront, uh, the water lots, was transferred back to the federal government, the water lots adjacent to the government dock, so that they could do the work on their property. Pretty fair trade, don't you think? I thought it was a, <laughs> a very reasonable. Is that is that the most satisfactory thing that you've been involved with? I, would you say in politics? For me personally, I I, I take it a great pleasure for being able to have been in the position to have been involved in it. Now keep in mind that one person doesn't do oh, I know that. doesn't yeah. do the things. It takes many people and there were many good people that I had working with me that that made this possible. Uh, but you gotta have a you gotta have a leader, you gotta have somebody who's yeah. gonna prod. The the waterfront the the is Marathon Realty, the CPR, the vice president of CPR had the uh, properties declared surplus. A marathon, I can't remember the names, that's terrible. When we negotiated with them, we bought it for $250,000 from Timmins Street mm -hmm. to uh, down at the sewage treatment plant. And uh, we sold back to Gaff Construction for $250,000 for the Harborside site today. So, in fact, the city of North Bay got the waterfront for nothing. Well, okay. lots of fun. Yeah. You, uh, <laughs> Uh, from 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 projects to people, Merle Dickerson. Uh, now you, how well did you know Merle? About as well as any person knew him. Okay. What I one? had gone on gambling junkets with him. I'd uh, gone to many places with him. He'd give you the shirt off his back. He was a good guy, and a lot of people said he was crooked. Mm -hmm. But you know something? He had to have five more people to be crooked. Because it takes six votes out of 11 to pack anything to pass. That's right. But they used to say, too, you know, used to say uh, Merle would get in as mayor despite whatever shenanigans he'd been up to. Oh, better sure. the better the better the 
again, I'm just using the old expression, better the crook you know than one you don't. That, that too, and he said there was uh, many live people in the graves too. <laughs> he did have a knack for getting people out. Well, when he was, when he let down his hair with you, if you go away on trips and you talk, mm -hmm. and you'd, you'd been foes and, and, and friends for so long, um, you said he'd give the shirt off your back, uh, give you the shirt off his back. He carefully didn't steal it back, though. <laughs> you, you, you liked him? Yeah, I did, very much. Was he uh, uh, sort of cut from the same cloth? In other words, was he a, a blunt, uh, very forthright individual? I mean, would he tell you what he thought? In a roundabout way, and you always had to watch for one thing. He had one eye that twick, twiddled or twicked. Or, oh, yeah, all right. And if he was telling you a story, that eye started working. He's, he's, a, he's a legend, I mean, yep, as far as is. North Bay is concerned. And uh, I, I, was he good for the city? In one sense, yes, in another sense, no. Where I think maybe some of the, and this is from personal knowledge, that in, in some quarters in Toronto, in the ministry, in the, in the government, uh, they didn't uh, like dealing with him. Okay. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, he must have done something mm -hmm. that uh, wasn't uh, satisfactory. So in that sense, he was uh, a handicap at times, and you're dealing with Queen's Park. Yes. But uh, personally, as far as my own person was concerned, I had no problems with him. He tried to put North Bay on the map, didn't he? He had conventions coming here yep. and, and all that sort of thing years and years ago. He did, and this is where Nell Mallory came into the picture a lot because Nell worked uh, very much with him. Uh, they were good friends. She uh, ran the Winter Carnival, for one thing. He had dog sleeves in the uh, in the uh, Royal York Hotel in the lobby in the oh, Royal York right, Hotel. Right. Yes, all right. Uh, I remember that uh, very very much, and. Uh, he had singers coming from California, but... Uh, Hollywood? Hollywood. And uh, this one that he had, I can't remember his name, but he brought him here and it wasn't supposed to cost him anything. Reg Lehman and uh, Willard Richardson, that gang, were counsel at that time. And they were going to make him pay for the cost of the guy coming to, <laughs> to the city. Uh, I don't know how it ended up. That was before annexation, but... Those were some of the things that... Of all the mayors that you... Did you... I mean, you, you had Merle as a mayor, C. Stewart, Bruce Goulet, Stan Lawler. Mm -hmm. Did you get along with them all? Pretty well. I, I, I didn't seem to have too much... Uh, uh, C. Stewart was uh, an easy guy to get along with. He was a nice, easy gentleman. He, he didn't... He wouldn't do anybody any harm. Right. Stan Lawler was a go-getter. Mm -hmm. Bruce... Oh, one you, one you missed was Jack Smiley. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Bruce, he, he, he was an all right guy. Yeah. Jack Smiley, and like I, I was on council with him too, so I got to know them yeah. prior to yeah. them being yeah. mayor. Yeah. All, it all it takes is a little bit of give and take. Were you, were you a give and take type at the, in those days? Yes, I, th I think I was. Okay. Uh, I would ask questions. If I got an answer to the question, I'd say thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. And yeah. That was uh, as far as I'd push it, and uh, there are other times, like with the Northgate issue, that I just wouldn't take no for an answer. Right. And I think that was uh, one that created a great deal of disharmony in in the city. In fact, so much so that they had charges laid against me of conflict of interest, and uh, it was costly. And that was mainly 
uh, within the law profession that uh, that was brought about. So much so I couldn't even get a lawyer in North Bay to represent me. So uh, I got one from Toronto, so that makes it doubly expensive. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, I, I forgive, but I don't forget. This will put you on a bit of a spot here. The, who's the best counselor for the city that you ever worked with that you can think of? And if it's too difficult, we'll slide away from it. Is there anybody who, that stood out in your mind as a, as a counselor? Well, Dick Donnelly did in, 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 a, in a lot of respects, and then Dick would, would basically, because of his legal uh, profession, mm -hmm. uh, because nine times out of ten, he'd run for mayor, he'd get defeated. He'd run for council, he'd come in first. Yeah, yeah. And he was yeah. uh, at the top, and he was uh, chairman of finance the majority of the time. And uh, he ran a good budget meeting. Uh, he did, uh, he wouldn't take no for an answer. 99% of the time. But I, th I think he had uh, the interests of the city at heart. He had a lot of power, didn't he? Yes, he did. His presence made it a lot of power. Yeah, yeah. Just his knowledge. The, the biggest change in the city as you see it in the past 30 to 40 years? Well, when I, I was just thinking about it today, and uh, when I joined the Army in 1940, uh, the population of the city of North Bay was about 18,000. Uh, the uh, township of Whitefield maybe two thousand, and West Ferris maybe three. Mm -hmm. Now it's fifty-five or fifty-six, depending on whether you're coming in from the south <laughs> or the west. <laughs> it's fifty-five at one and fifty-six at the other. <laughs> so um, that's uh, the city has grown, but not as much as it should have. And uh, I just don't know how to answer that question. Would you, Would you like to see? Uh, a city of 100,000 here, do you think? Yes, in some respects. Uh, the children wouldn't have to go away. We wouldn't be educating uh, all the young people and then they're traipsing off to other, other uh, places for for employment. Uh, the employment is, is bad in North Bay. It's, a, it's worse than it is in Toronto, particularly for the young people. Anything that they do get is uh, part-time or uh, short short-lived uh, type thing. They can't uh, make a basis for it. You see it on the main street mm -hmm. if you drive down there at night. No, I, I yeah, the 100,000, that would make it uh, a little bit more industry, a little bit nicer to to uh, have things. But I think the council, and the council can't make that happen. That's right. But it will happen in spite of or with the council <laughs> or without it it's going it's going to happen eventually it will happen that's the the way north bay is and it's it's done it as long as i can remember if you if you could do anything over again as far as being a politician is concerned is there anything you'd you'd do differently not too much not too much i'm I, i'm satisfied with the with my lot i'm uh, one way, the, the only thing that I can answer, the way I can answer that, and I have to refer, refer back to Northgate again, the only way that they could get me was through my daughter. Mm -hmm. And because she had a job at Northgate, a part-time job, 20 hours a week, a minimum wage, and they got me through her. Uh, they never, they couldn't nail me for anything crooked that I ever did because I just didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm happy with the, with the way things went. Uh, not not with that one particular thing. I'm not happy, but.
but that's an experience. That's a learning experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You learn a great deal from things like that. Politician, then, you think that uh, it was worth putting in the 30-some-odd years that you did? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I'm, I'm quite happy with the things that I was able to have uh, a part in and be able to help direct. And well, you, help direct is right because you're involved with some of the, you know, the, the city mm -hmm. did over that time period you mentioned from 1940. Yeah. That's when the growth occurred to, right. to about, I, I guess, the mid-80s, somewhere mm -hmm. in the mid to late 80s. The, there was one, and this goes back to Whitefield times. Uh, I'm jumping all over the map now. But uh, we had uh, the uh, Sage housing complex okay. that was built. And this was back in the 60s. Uh, 61, 62, and uh, the government didn't want to pay for the water right. that was being. We were buying it from the city in those days. Mm -hmm. So uh, I told them either pay or we shut the water off. And this is with a couple of generals in my office in the city and the township okay. offices. Okay. Right. These you can't do that. That's blackmail. As you put any name you want to it. But that's what's going to happen. Monday morning, the bill isn't paid, the water shut off. The next week, I had a, an engagement with ABM Harvey up at the air base. And as a Reeve, I was asked to make a, a talk to the NCO uh, thing. So when I stood up, I got booed. So I said, okay, fellas. I can, I'm from their same level. I'm not a general or a colonel. Yes. Or, I was just a, a regular guy in the right, army, and right. so uh, I, I, I quieted them down. They weren't booing at the end. They were happy I took the government on <laughs> and made them pay. They paid. That perhaps tell and encapsulates Don King. This edition of our Heritage Diary, Voices from the Past with the late Don King, was originally recorded in 1999 for the cable TV production Life Is. It's rebroadcast in this format through the courtesy of Kojiko, your TV. Thank you for spending some time with us and listening to our stories. These productions are put together by the North Bay Municipal Heritage Committee not only to retell old tales, but hopefully to kindle interest in area history. Local lore is important to any community. We shouldn't let it go unremarked and unremembered. Views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the Corporation of the City of North Bay or its employees. Join us next time when we flip another page of the diary of our shared past. You can reach us at peter.carello at cityofnorthbay.ca. Production, Casey Malkelbahn and Peter Carello. Pete Handley speaking.